Anything but credible? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Anything But Credible Podcast, a.k.a. ABC Pod, a.k.a. Episode 184. Also, I guess, a.k.a. The Solo Pod. Hmm. What does that mean? Well, my name is Dukes, and as always, we appreciate you checking in for another week of weirdness, but the key word this week is we. Because I think it should be more like I. Um, This year has been crazy for everybody. And including this, uh, this podcast is, is no different. And we have uh, talked about in the past of trying new things. We have been doing new things, testing new um, ideas and, and, and just processes and workflows overall. And one of those is, is going to be put to the test today. And that is because we don't have the crew. We don't have any of the network buddies. It's just me, just me and you. And nobody knows I'm doing this. I just wanted to kind of see, you know, how, how it would go, how it would flow, how, how it would work, how, how it would feel afterwards. And to be honest with you, you know, I think we're going to have a good time. We're going to stick to pretty much the same format. We got a plenty to talk about, actually. And, um, you know, if I'm being honest, it kind of takes me back to my old, uh, the radio days, even though it was a very short stint. Um, kind of takes me back to the like radio DJ-ish, you know, it takes me back to the days back in Springfield, Missouri of um, <laughs> editing and producing commercial spots and uh, radio spots and having to uh, record on the fly and um, spice up the uh, those radio advertisements and stuff. It's kind of funny, but uh, yeah, being around all the radio DJs and stuff, I kind of get that vibe of just talking to a microphone and being able to, to carry on a solo conversation. It's a little bit different, a little bit weirder than what we're used to, but all in all, I think it's going to be a great time. And, um, you know, I can't remember if we've done this before. I feel like something tells me that we've done something similar. I can't remember if we actually published it or not, if it ever made it out of the the, the cave of, of, of old episodes or not. I mean, it, it's weird to think that we've been doing this for so long and had so many episodes now at 184 that I would actually forget. You know what I mean? Like that was years ago and it could be in the one of the early episodes in the archives, but that's, uh, who knows? It's just crazy to think that we've made it this far that it, that's even a possibility. So 184 means that coming up next is obviously 185. And that's a special episode. We don't know what we're going to do yet, but we're going to get together and do something fun, like always. Um, so with that being said, we're going to try and stick to the normal formula. We have, you know, a little bit of, uh, I guess what you would call back a normal process or normal workflow would be like the check-in. But I don't know if it's much of a check-in as much as it is as questions that I have that I always figure out how to have questions instead of topics. I don't know why that is. Most of them are unanswerable. Some of them are it's just kind of how the how the game goes, I guess, for me. And then we'll get to some weekly weirdness and we will finish up with um, a theory of the week. But don't worry, the weirdness is going to be very lighthearted, very short, sweet. And the theory of, is also going to be exactly that because when I'm in charge of the theory, that's what happens. I don't go deep down the, that rabbit hole. No, I keep it simple. Uh, but usually the simple ones are what makes me think and talk the most, actually. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. But might be a good thing for, for, for the show. Bad thing for, for me and, and mentally. I'm not not sure about that. But uh, and, and also don't worry. Like this is Halloween week. We are not. It isn't. There's no way that I am. Well, the real reason for this is, is because I want to test things out. But also because it's Halloween week. There's no way we're not going to put something out for Halloween. I mean every year we've, we've really tried to, to focus on doing that. 
and doing something for Halloween. And it's my, f I guess my favorite day, uh, my favorite holiday, I guess, favorite month, favorite time of the year, spooky season. We've talked about it a bunch. I'm a huge advocate for it. So there's no way that I'm not gonna record something, you know, get, get put, put content out for it. So we'll have plenty of that going across all other categories and stuff. We don't have a directly related Halloween theory, but we'll definitely get some Halloween talk in there. Believe me. And even though it's just me, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, obviously we've, as we've always said in the past episodes, send them to us. You can hit us up on any of the socials and of course, anything but credible.com. The, the email, anything but credible at gmail.com. I always want to hear. And maybe next time, if we ever do this again, with one person or who, you know, whatever the situation may be, maybe we can address those things kind of like a mailbag, um, you know, setup, something like that. All right. First of all, let me start by saying this. I want to hit on Halloween, but I actually don't want that to be the main, the first thing that we talk about. I will say this though. First question that just popped in my head as I was doing that intro basically was Halloween is a holiday, right? And I just like real quick, who, who, how do holidays become actual holidays? This is probably really stupid, but is is the is the government the one that decides and like says, yeah, that's a that's a holiday? Like, what is the actual process of saying I want this thing to become a holiday forever from this point on this day? I know that you get your own days. You know, you can have like, I don't know. There, I'm sure the people, celebrities, and iconic figures. You know, they have their own days of the year. I'm sure there's like a Justin Bieber day somewhere in, in Toronto or wherever he's from in Canada, you know, um, but I'm talking about like actual holidays. You know what I mean? Like somebody asked me right now, hey, what's your favorite holiday? I I mean, I guess I'd say Halloween, but realistically, I, I would consider opening day of the NHL and NBA seasons as as my favorite joint holidays. That's probably a cheesy answer, but why 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 not? You know, I mean, who 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 do I have to send um, this petition or brochure or whatever you want to say, uh, who do I have to send this to, to like, what's, what's the pipeline? What's the process that it goes through to actually become legit? And, um, you know, we have all these ho holidays. That I, I, I don't, you know, half of them, they don't necessarily really apply to me. I know that in the past and they're historic and they, they go very far back and as far as history and stuff goes, but I mean, we've had these professional leagues, hockey and basketball leagues for, for a very long time now. Obviously not hundreds of years, but you know, a good good amount of time. Where can can we start something to to petition this? I don't know. Side 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 rant, but anyway, we'll get back to Halloween in a second. First, let me let me ask a couple questions for everyone out there. So over the past week, my girlfriend Kayla and I we got out of town, out of St. Louis, and we went over to Asheville, North Carolina, for some awesome hiking. So shout out to Asheville first of all. They were great about really everything. Everybody was super nice and they were really on top of COVID and everyone was wearing masks, at least downtown, which was awesome to see. Here in St. Louis, I feel like the vibe is kind of you wear your mask to do something like you have to, to like get in somewhere, go somewhere, do something. Uh, I felt like it was kind of the opposite in, in Asheville where everybody was wearing their masks from the get-go, just walking around downtown. And then when they got to that place, that restaurant, that table, whatever it was, then that you know you take it off. But for the most part, everybody walking around and just kind of hanging out had, had masks on. So it was really cool, man. That's kind of right up my alley as far as, you know, the 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 COVID things goes. But it 
presented the trip itself presented some questions, which is what we're about to get into right now. Because from St. Louis to Asheville is, I think, like eight and a half, nine hours. And, you know, obviously going through Missouri over to North Carolina, you're, you're traveling through some states. And for the most part, when you're traveling um, from Missouri to go anywhere, really, you know, it's all flatlands, right? It's like, and then you get into, you start seeing like literally just hills and you start, oh, cool, we're somewhere else. You know, we're actually doing other things. And so just a couple generic questions that, that, that kind of came to my mind while, while we were doing this, this awesome road trip. Uh, first thing for everyone out there, when it comes to long distance trips, like what kind of speeder are you? And what I mean by speeder is what, what kind of, what's a better way to say this? What kind of person are you when it comes to either following or disregarding the speed limit laws? For the highways, if that makes sense. So it was interesting to me that, you know, Missouri, when you get out far distant Missouri, like out in the country, away from the big cities, all of our, I think this could be completely crazy, by the way, but I feel like most of our, our highways are, are 70 miles an hour. Like that's the speed limit. Every once in a while, I might dip to 65. But it was very interesting that the closer we got to North Carolina, the more the fluctuation I felt like the speed limit was. It even jumped down to 50 in, in some spots, which I thought was really weird. 50, there was a couple 55s, 65, 70. And I just feel like 70 is the perfect for me. But even with that, like just at 70, no matter what it's posted as, what do you normally find yourself driving as? Do you drive the speed limit? Are you driving under the speed limit? Do you have a set amount that you usually go over? I feel like I would fit into that category. I feel like I don't have any rules per se, but I think that if you give me a 70 mile an hour limit, speed limit, and I have, you know, an hour plus drive, I'm going to try my hardest to set that thing on cruise control. I'm a cruise controller. I'm not somebody who's, you know, lead foot and, and, and wanting to push, push down and, and let off and, you know, it's bad enough that you're, you know, most of the time you're, you're dealing with two lane highways and when you're really out there and it's bad enough that you got to deal with all the, the trucks and stuff, you know, the semis making, trying to, trying to make power moves and stuff. It, it drives me crazy. That's a whole side conversation that I could get into, but I'm just trying to cruise control, man. And so usually what I find myself doing is this is kind of weird probably that I, that I even focus this much on this, but really I'm usually about six to seven over. I feel like. So if I'm, if, I, if it's a 70 mile an hour limit, I find myself setting that cruise control at about 76, 77 if I'm feeling a little crazy. I don't know. if is, is that normal? I don't know. Do people usually go 10 over? I feel like for the most part, maybe people on a 70 would put it at 80. I don't know. You know, the, the, the next thing that my thought, my, the thought process goes to is that if you're a cop and you're posted up on the side of the highway, right, and you're gunning for people, I feel like once you get to 10, you're pretty much screwed as far as like you're... If that cop decided to give you a ticket, 10 w would be like a for sure yes, I got you. But I don't know if they would go for a six over, you know? I feel like six to seven, seven might be kind of pushing it, to be honest with you. But I feel like once you, I feel like six is the threshold, and I, and I have no backing to this at all. But once you go over six, then I feel like you're in the territory where if a cop is on the fence, um, I feel like once you go to seven, eight, or nine, then I feel like you're much more leaning towards the yes. Whereas if you're on um, five over, six over, I feel like then 
if that that police person is on the fence, then I feel like you have a better chance of getting off and not them not following you. If that makes any sense at all. Also, it lets you just cruise faster than, you know, 70 is fast, right? Anything going 70 miles an hour is fast. But after a while, it just kind of doesn't feel like you're going that fast anymore, especially if you're like I said, you're in you're going coming from Missouri and it's all completely straight, completely flat. You know, it's not it's not anything that you 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 need to like be ready for any super sudden turns or, or anything. Um but I always wondered that. I wondered if people other people had their own kind of setup or scheme. You, you know, I don't even know if that's the right word, but like their own process of of maybe subconscious they're not even thinking about it. But hey, I know I'm on a 5-hour trip and I do A B and C. Those things are always really interesting to me because I feel like I definitely have my own. I don't even think about it, though, you know, until after the fact, like right now. The other thing is, um, you know, I'm always interested too. like, what do you what do people do on these super long drives? Right. You have eight hours, eight. Let's say let's just let's just round it down. Eight, eight hour drive. What are you what are you doing? Are you just listening to the radio? You listen to podcasts, you listen to a book, maybe your own music. You know, let's say you got a couple people in the car. Are you guys talking for most of the time? Are you guys playing some kind of game? You know, you always you always hear about these in movies and stuff and stories. I feel like you hear about these families playing road games. You know, I Spy or whatever. You know, corny games. Does that really happen? I just I just really feel like that's not a thing anymore. Um, especially with all the media and technology that we have, I just can't imagine. I would actually be really surprised if there were people out there that like, oh, I, I love playing this game thing that we we do you know what i mean we actually did something different this time for me at least and we listened to an entire book we actually listened to to, to you know spooky season like i said we listened to uh the shining stephen king's the shining which was about 15 ish hours maybe 16 hours as far as an audiobook goes we we had it sped up a little bit i think we were at like one the speed was maybe 1.3 1.4 or something like that i, I can't remember and uh, so it wasn't quite that whole time, but we actually, from going there and driving back, we actually did finish it, which was really cool. And, uh, you know, it, it did add to a little bit of creepy vibes and stuff. Um, but I had never done that before, especially like a serious book all in one. It was not one sitting technically, but two sittings basically. And um, I thought it was cool. The weird thing was, was that you don't really talk a lot, you know, to the other person because the book's going, but it does allow you to have some super... Uh, interesting conversations because then when you do talk you start talking about the book and about the thing that you both listening to you know what I mean so it's like you you have uh, a very entertaining subject and story already laid out for you to, to, to kind of talk about and and it, obviously that spawns off into other things it's not like we sat there in complete silence for the entire trip but um, it, it was cool I, I did I would definitely enjoy that or um, I, I would definitely uh, what, what's the what's the term um, recommend I guess is what I'm looking for. Uh, if you're looking for something different, obviously music's always going to get you no matter where you're going. It's always going to get you there. But if you want to try something different, try out a super long audiobook that you both, both people or all people involved in the, in the ride would, 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 would kind of be interested in. <laughs> nothing, nothing, no rocket science here, by the way. Um, okay. Last question from, from the road trip too. here. Uh, this is something that I find all the time and I think about it all the time. And I know that I'm not the only one to think this. And I know I'm not a genius and I know that I'm not the only one to ask this, but every, I just felt like it was something that I had to, had to get out here. And I, I you know what, honestly, I, I might've already said this before, but why are barns red? It's just weird. It's weird. Every 
you know, in the Midwest, it's impossible to go on any kind of decent road trip and not see barns. It's impossible. But they're like not always red, but they are 98% red. Even the old ones that are falling apart, you could tell they might not be red anymore, but you could tell that they were red. You know what I mean? And I know that there's a real reason to it. But man, they're just ugly. Red's ugly, man. And the reason, so I I wanted to look this up because I'm sure there, like I said, I'm sure there's a legit reason that happened for it back in the day. But here in 2020, or the last, I don't know, 30 years, 50 years, technology's here, people. Why are we still, why, why, why red still? Why, why are we not, why don't we have other colored houses? We have, we have tons of different colors of brick houses, of siding houses of different kinds of stone if you're really balling and you're really rich. Why red on wood? Do people, when people put wood things inside their house, like if you get hardwood flooring, you don't get, you don't paint that red, do you? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. So real quick, let me, let me give a little background here for all the people that are rolling their eyes that they're like banging their head against the wall. They're just sitting there thinking like, dude, everybody knows why they're red, right? I truly did not. So, so l- let me, let me fill you in a little bit for all my people out there that are kind of in my, in my book here or in my, uh, my book, my, uh, my, my side of the fence here. Apparently it was something way back in the day, like, like we assumed, uh, and, and actually it's not, uh, from the early settlers that came over here that they weren't actually painting the barn. It seems that they were more of sealing, protecting the barn with, with their own kind of concoction, which let's see, I'm looking this up right now. There's been a lot of myths that say, um, one of the things that I read that I read a lot was that it was painted red so that the cows would know that that's where their house is or something that they'd be able to see it. It stood out in this field. But I, I, other research, which obviously this is anything but credible. Uh, I think cows might be colorblind. I'm not positive on that, but I, I don't think that that's the real reason. There was another thing that was said that um, the color red was was a was a signal or uh, was significant because it represented and made it look like the red brick houses back in the homeland, which signal which which represented wealth. I could kind of see that, but mm, I don't know. I think a barn kind of just, no matter what color you, 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 you paint it, a barn doesn't look like a cool brick house. You know, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm on, on that one. The, uh, another thing was, was that the red specifically for the color was, was, was used to try and trap in as much sunlight and heat as possible to keep the barn as warm as possible for like the winter months and stuff, which I think is a real thing, but I don't know if that was the reason where they actually chose right in the beginning i think that was probably just a um unintended outcome that was a positive you know what i mean like i think that just kind of happened this is is all my own thoughts by the way but so let's see here's what the article says which you can obviously google this there's a million websites that'll tell you what exactly what i'm about to say here but um let's see it says they weren't originally red here's the other thing too is that they weren't actually red back in the day they were more of a burnt orange is what you'll see and that's because of this this concoction that they made which is um, let's see. By the late 1700s, farmers were looking to shield their barns woods from the elements, began experimenting to make their own paint. Uh, a recipe consisting of skimmed milk, lime, and red 
iron oxide created a rusty colored mixture that became popular among farmers because it was so cheap to make and lasted for years. Farmers were able to easily obtain iron oxide in the compound that lends natural red clay um, from soil. Linseed oil, which is derived from flax plants, I don't know what those are, was also used to seal the bare wood against rotting, and it stained the wood a dark coral hue. Interesting. Um, farmers also noticed that painting their barns, homemade paint, kept the buildings warmer during the wintertime. There you go. Since the darker color absorbs the sun rays more than the tan wood would. Uh, so the paint spread in popularity due to its functionality and convenience become an American tradition that continues to this day. Okay, so. But why, though? <laughs> I just, it's a dumb question. I, I don't know. I just, but, but why? Why? Does anybody else think red's, I don't know. I just, I have a really bad problem with red. Red really is, it's just actually the worst color. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why anybody would, would want red. And I don't know why you would want it. If you're going to have a massive building on your property, I just personally, I would not want that to be red ever. I don't know. Some of the thoughts that happened on uh, the road trip. I know. I know. I know. What do you think out there? Oh, let me know. Am I the only one that hates red barns? I can't be. I can't be, right? I don't know. The other thing that happened on the road trip was that we actually stayed in a tiny house. Has anybody, you guys have ever stayed in a tiny house? This is a, um, it was cool, man. It was, it was definitely like, a, I wouldn't say, I don't know if I had it on my bucket list, but I would definitely ex cross it off of, of, off of an experience list, if that makes sense. Like, it was definitely something that, that it, it was cool. It was different. What was interesting about it, though, was it had, it had me thinking about different things, but it was like the, the place that we stayed at was actually, I, I might butcher this, but I think it was some kind of, uh, it was a farm. But they also was part uh, like horse rescue, I think. And what this farm was doing, and maybe I'm super behind on this trend here, but basically what it seemed like is that they had about six to seven mini, uh, I keep calling them mini houses, tiny houses on their property. And they would just Airbnb them all out. So great idea, right? I mean, you, you spread them out. You have multiple, oh, and they had camping grounds that I guess, they're not really Airbnb, but I guess you could sign up somewhere. I don't know how that works if you just, you know, they had like a TP, like a campground TP, like a nice, it was nice. It wasn't just, you know, it, nothing. They actually had a setup. So they had a couple campgrounds. It had bathrooms for those campgrounds. They had multiple mini houses. So there was a bunch of people coming and going on this farm. It actually... Um, I, I kind of like the idea of it, you know, you just get a bunch of tiny houses and plop them down and then open them up and people come and go, you know, it's like, it's a good business scheme. I kind of like it. Uh, but I gotta be honest with you, as much fun as we had and, you know, the idea of it overall kind of feels kind of culty to me though. It feels like the start possible of, of, a, of a, like a cult, you know, like a commune, a community, maybe not. I don't want to like make it sound negative or anything, but you know, it's just interesting. You know, if you get five tiny houses, then all of a sudden it's really taken off and you get 10 tiny houses, then you're, wow, this is really great. Then you get 15, then you get 20 because you have a bunch of land and a bunch of, um, you know, more revenue coming in and you're generating a, a nice profit. Then all of a sudden you have your own mini village kind of, and that is interesting. What, what would it be like to have, Maybe this is the next 
the next show that's going to be made, the next um, miniseries or something, docuseries. Like, what if somebody made or started either directly or indirectly a cult from multiple tiny houses, Airbnb specifically, tiny houses? Or just multiple Airbnbs. That's probably a thing, right? Maybe not with tiny houses specifically, but there's definitely got to be people out there that have a bunch of land, just a huge open field, and just set up some kind of area that they rent out for an area. It basically turns into your own version of an RV camp, like without the RVs, you know? And I know that that's not crazy, but when you're on your own personal property and you're doing that, kind of gives me a little bit of culty vibes. Can't lie. All in all, though, it was cool. It was a good time. Uh, and I was able to move around and everything we had was was in there. And I'm not the j- biggest person, you know, 6'3". So, you know, a, a little bit above average, but more than enough space to, to roam around. There was a cool TV in there. You know, we, we had everything that we needed. So it was cool, man. Tiny houses, I don't know how if they're all made the same way that we had, but um, it, it was a good time. I would definitely, if, if you're Airbnb and then you come across a tiny house, I would definitely... Uh, recommend that too. Just also look and see if they have like 25 other ones and then maybe you are about to sign your soul over to a new age cult. I, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Let's talk real quick before we get into the weirdness. Let's talk about some Halloween stuff. Real quick. First of all, what are you watching? You have to be watching things. And what I mean by things, I mean horror things. Thriller, scary, something. You got to be, right? Like, what's the percentage of people that even the week of Halloween are not watching scary things? If that percentage was over 8%, I'd be upset. I know that's kind of ridiculous, probably crazy, but I just, I almost, I don't want to make it a law, but I feel like it should be a rule. It should be like an urban legend or, or, um, you know, you get penalized somehow if you don't watch scary stuff. Even family stuff, scary stuff. You know, like it doesn't have to be terrifying. It doesn't have to be the the scariest thing you've ever seen in your life. But you gotta be watching something, right? I know a couple people that probably aren't, but I feel like my personal life duty is to force them to. But in a, in a friendly way, though. You know, I'm thinking of a couple people right now, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep that to myself. A couple things that I've been watching lately okay and this is just really actually within the past i'm kind of uh, embarrassed to say it, but like few days not, not too much but you know it's just so easy you get you get a, any you know like youtube tv or anything that should plays your tv channels like uh, any of those ones that have any of the decent or halfway of the the cable packages as channels some of those channels are just constantly on repeat playing classics or just scary movies you know like sci-fi uh, AMC, I don't know, TNT sometimes, like TBS sometimes, but even uh, channels like um, IFC, and if you if you get those, the movie channels, or you know, even if you're if you're cool enough to have uh, Shutter, which I don't, I wish I did. That's something I need to actually get on, because I would, that would be awesome. Or even just Hulu. Honestly, Hulu's been killing killing the horror game. So here's a couple of things that I've been watching. And uh, just just as just a suggestion for you, if you come across it, um, a couple classics that I think are so lately they just added. I think maybe this year, uh, it follows to TV, 
If you haven't seen it, follows. I really would suggest that. I, I, man, I really like that movie. It's not too too crazy, but it's a, it's creepy and it's good. It's just good. It's very simple, but it's good. Hereditary, which I I just watch that every. Honestly, I, I, I watch that like every three months. It's kind of weird. Like every quarter, every business quarter, <laughs> I find myself watching that. It's kind of a. It's just a classic, man. It's like literally one of the best horror movies that I think I've ever seen. And every time I've seen it, numerous times. Every time I turn that, I turn it, turn it off. Just like wow. You ever, you ever have a movie where you just turn it off and you know every single thing that's going to happen, but still, at the end, you still have the same reaction as if you haven't seen it a hundred times? That's when you know that movie is an all-timer, man, in, in your book. I got to warn you, though. If you haven't seen that, it's serious. It's like as serious as horror movies go. I mean, this is one uh, you don't, you don't want to have the kids around for that one. And this is one that you, I would, honestly, the best way to watch it, all the lights off, maybe the candlelight on the table. It's one of my favorite things just to watch scary movies with, with just candlelight. This one, Hereditary. Um, yeah, this one you, you should mentally prepare yourself a little bit for. But it's great, man. It's, it's really great. Uh, the same thing that goes with The Witch. I've talked about this before, but this is another one that I just I, I, catch, I catch myself watching like once every quarter, basically. I just love Hereditary and The Witch. That's like my combo. It's really great. The Witch is totally different from all other horror, horror movies that I watch. And I think really that have been made in a long time, but it's just so good. It's not a whole lot of, it's not like a whole lot that happens. You really got to pay attention because um, the language and script is kind of hard to follow, but it's so great. If you actually do follow it and you watch it a few times, I mean, the performance, the actors, it's, there's only five like characters in the whole movie and that's just so, it's just so good. I don't want to spoil it, but man, that's another one. You should, you should prepare yourself for that one, but it's not, uh, I wouldn't put it quite on the same level as Hereditary, but it's right below that. I, I love those two movies. The other thing is, is, um, and this is a, honestly, this is a conversation that I, I think I might actually have to fight, um, Todd from, from the, uh, offended podcast on, on, on the, on the network. We're going to, we're going to have problems with this because, you know, he's, he was bashing the Blair Witch Project and I almost took it as a personal insult, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I love that guy, but the, if there's one way to get to my heart, truly, truly to my heart, it's, it's the original Blair Witch Project. I have so much love for this movie. It is, it's to the point of embarrassment, to be honest with you. This is another one that if you don't watch this movie every single year around Halloween time, I just don't think you're doing it right personally. I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but to tell you what to do and what not to do. But this is one that I just think it's, it's a must. It's an absolute must. This is a game changer. This actually changed this multiple subgenres of, 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 the hundreds of horror subgenres that we have today. Hundreds might be kind of an exaggeration, but this movie changed a lot and it was great and it's still great. I got news for you. It's amazing. They, there's, they're finally playing it on TV now, which I don't think they used to do ever. They're finally doing it. But now with, with the streaming sites like YouTube TV, you can just search it straight up. You don't even have to wait for it to be on or anything. You know, you just play it and man, just do yourself a favor. If you haven't, if, if you've been under a rock or you hate the horror genre or like, just watch that once. It, it's great. Especially after a week of hiking in the woods. Um, not a whole week, but like a half week, like we were in the woods. It, it's great, man. It, it'll, it'll get you, it'll get you thinking. It, it's good. It's good. I promise. The real problem though here is before I, I, I don't want to talk, spend too much time on this, but the real problem is that, and the real problem that Todd and I were, you know, are going to have to maybe have a possible fist fight or something is because on Rotten Tomatoes, which in today's age, I know it's not the best thing to go off of, but that's what I, I go off of. Right? I, I like a, a percentage up to 100. They get 86%, okay? This is one of the all-time classic 
Hall of Fame, like top horror movies. I don't care. Put it in any list of all-time horror movies. It's going to be there. It, it will. And you're going to give it an 86%? 86? Are you telling me that that movie, The Blair Witch Project, is not in the 90, the 90th percentile? Better yet, are you telling me that it's not in the 95th? The top 5%? That movie should no doubt be at least a 96 not to 97%. Anything less than that is an insult. It's disrespect. And Blair Witch Project, whoever, uh, any creators or anybody who worked on that movie, and if you hear this, like, I got your back, okay? All right, a couple other things. Sorry, I got a little fired up there, but Blair Witch it has a special, special place in my heart. Um, let's see, what else? A couple of other ones that just kind of flew by. The Nun. I, you know, I watch any of the Conjuring um, ex- universe, the expansion. They're all great. I don't, I don't know why. They're just good. I watched The Nun again the other day. That one's kind of, as far as all of them, like the Annabelle series and all that stuff. This one, it is what it is. But it was good. I, I liked it. You know, I, I've seen it a few times. But uh, it's, it's, I think it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. But it's, it's, it's it was, it was fun. It was fun. Um, let's see. Uh. The other thing is that we we just watched last night. Actually, I'm thinking of ending it, which Kayla and girlfriend had read the book and wanted to see the movie, and it was listed as a horror. I think maybe a psychological thriller. I'm not going to give any spoilers because it just came out, but I'm really interested to see what people think about that movie. It's it's out there. It's very one of the, definitely one of the most interesting movies I've ever seen, probably. But I can't imagine that the book's probably uh, it's probably just e- even crazier, but. I wouldn't. I don't know if I put it into a horror category, but definitely check that one. Follow back with me. And let me know what you think about that one. The other thing is, um, let's see. On here, oh, the other day we we watched some of the Chucky series. I just we don't have to go into this, but the newer Chucky series are so crazy. And I I I, I always want to talk to the people who make these these series horror series, multiple movie series, are very interesting to me. They've always been, but the Chucky one is especially interesting to me because. Why was it on purpose that they made this such drastic turn with the later movies to make it just so over the top, ridiculous, almost com- like purely comedic? I'm fascinated by that. I love the early Child's Play movies. But then you get down to like Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. Why? Why Why did we make them so bad? On pur- Was it on purpose? Are they, are they supposed to be scary and they're just that bad of a movie? I tend to think that they actually went for the direct over the top comedic side almost like a dark comedy in a way dark horror or a comedy horror i don't know if that's a thing but i I can't give you a good reason on why they would do that or why that makes sense or why anybody would want that i don't i don't know but uh i have so many questions about that all those movies but man the later ones those three that i named bride of chucky cult of chucky seed of chucky they're they're tough to watch they're like they're that bad i'm sorry it's tough interestingly enough though Hulu did make a remake of Child's Play. A new, wait, it's not a remake. What did they call it? They called it a new, like a new age interpretation or something like that. A new vision or, or something. I can't remember what the terms was were, but um, it was okay. You know, I had to deal with uh, AI technology instead of a serial killer trapped into a, um, a toy body, which kind of took some of the scariness i mean i it was still scary but it, it kind of took a little bit of of the craziness away from me so yeah it's cool so check that out that's on hulu too the other thing is um 
Unsolved Mysteries came out with the second season, and I know that's not directly horror, but that's creepy enough. It fits right into the spooky season. That stuff is is great, man. You should already be on top of that, to be honest with you. And um, Bad Hair just came out on Hulu. That was cool. I really like that one. And um, you know, overall Hulu, like I said, is just killing it. But they really have they have this series that from Blumhouse that it's like a television series. Technically, it's called Into the Dark. I've talked about this before on other podcasts. But they have just I think they have two, maybe three seasons now. All of them are great. They're all there. It's technically a TV series, but really they're mini movies. It's like an anthology series, but they're really all mini movies. And they're all just about creepy. Some of them are really over the top weird things. Some of them are very subtle things. Some of them, you know, make sense. I think the first series, I don't know if they did this for the second series, but the first series was about um, specifically like directed towards holidays, you know, like Father's Day and um, Halloween and Valentine's Day and things like that. So it'd be like horror movies about those. Or, or or stories around those holidays, which I thought was really interesting. You don't see a lot of, you know, storytellers doing that. The newer seasons, though, I think are, are more kind of actual, just like event-based and things, um, if that makes sense. But really great. I would always um, recommend Into the Dark. And then, um, let's see, last thing is... Oh, <laughs> the last thing we just watched, too, was was a Hubie um, Halloween with Adam Sandler. I, just funny just just good i sandler you know i don't need to say too much but if you haven't seen that check that out that's good that's a good that's a good halloween spooky season for everybody you know it's a feel-good movie kids family um not too crazy i just i haven't seen sandler movies like goofy sandler movies in a long time and he's just always the same and it just never changes he'd be halloween's interesting because they bring back a few of the characters from his older movies some of his classics which I, i think are funny or they at least they're not full characters but they definitely reference them like in subtle ways which i think is you know it's always great but it's just this, this specific thing that cracks me up about Sandler. And, and after this, we can move on. But he, this one specific thing that he does, and I don't know why it's so funny, but it's just like, the, usually they do this in really corny movies, but for some reason, and maybe, you know, for maybe people think Sandler movies are, 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 are the corny movies. I don't know. But he always does this thing with like off-camera vocals, voiceovers, one-liners that are just so funny to me. You know, it's like things that are not in the camera not in your point of view, but just little things that just add in. They just throw in there, and they're just like saying the dumbest, silliest things. You know, like um, uh, a good example of this could be like in, in the movie. There's one part where Hubie, who you know, th- by the way, this is Sandler playing his kind of dumb character. He 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 does the one thing that's tough is that he does do like the whole weird voice thing where he kind of talks like a baby, kind of like half curls his bottom jaw and like does weird Adam Sandler things that sounds like Adam Sandler, you know, like the weird dumb person Sandler thing. But, um, one of the things is that he, he's, he, Hubie's giving a, uh, a Halloween safety course kind of lecture to, to this grade school. And, uh, he comes out as a ghost and he has a bed sheet wrapped around him and he says, Oh, and obviously Adam Sandler movies, you know, there's, there's piss stains all over this bed sheet, you know? And, uh, he, he comes up to the, to the, to the front of the gymnasium and he says, uh, you know, he, he goes and he grabs the mic. And as he's going to say something, he, uh, the, 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 the camera's on Adam Sandler. And just out of the, out of the back left corner, you hear some kid just kind of say, you know, yell out like, oh, uh, you know, oh, those are, is that P, are those P stains? You know? And it's just, it's just like the, the weird one-liners like that. I don't know why they, they, I think they're so funny and they're so weird. Nobody does that. I feel like anymore. Uh, except for Adam Sandler. He loves that. There, every time he'll be riding down the street, 
there'll be like some kid just out of nowhere that you can't even see just be like yell something at him you know i don't know um all in all though lots of good stuff to watch so i'm gonna wrap up my halloween talk with this right here okay the nerdist nerdist.com check this check this article out they just came out with this article on the 20th so let's see the 25th five days ago um, my girlfriend Kayla sent this to me. I thought I think this was great. They said uh, a scientific study has determined the scariest movie ever. And I love these articles, man, because everybody, every blog, everybody who writes stuff, everybody always tries to rank things. I love rankings personally, and I love things that are ranked the same things ranked multiple times by different people because then you get a you know a full kind of outlook on that thing or a better outlook on that thing. This is especially interesting though because this is like a study. You know, so I actually put some science and some effort into this. This is a little bit more credible than anything but credible podcast usually rolls with, to be honest with you. But, you know, this is the kind of stuff I, I this is right out of my wheelhouse, man. What, what are the scary movies? What are actually scary? But I will say this, though. I'm kind of upset that no one sent me this study to actually, like, did anybody know about this study? And, and did I, I just, I feel like this would be the perfect study for me. I feel like there are some things, study-wise, that really would be ideal. You know, the sleeping ones, even though those could be a little bit interesting if you have to, like, stay in your bed and stuff. But if you're talking about a study where you just get hooked up to a machine and you watch horror movies, hundreds of them, yes, dude, like, I'm in. You don't even have to pay me, honestly. I just, like, sign me up. Nerdist, if you ever do this again, let me know. And friends and family, people, listeners, if you come across a study where you have to watch horror content for the study, please do me a huge, huge favor and send it to me. I, I, I almost... I just feel like that might be actually be a a, call, a life calling for me to, to, if, I'm, if I'm being completely honest with you. I'm not. I'm going to spare you the details on this study. Okay, I'm not going to give you all the stats. We're not going to go too deep. I'm just going to read off the top ten, top fifteen, maybe. And what I would like for you to do is, while you're hearing this list, to do me a quick favor and just shoot yourself a look in a mirror, anything that shows a reflection. And I would just, what face are you making? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you confused? Do you agree? Disagree? Are you making a, a stank face? Like, I'm just interested to know what people think about this because this list is newer movies, you know, and that makes sense. You ask an old person right now, what's, your, what's the scariest movie you've ever seen? Like, I feel like every one of them always tells me the Exorcist. No. This, you, you, with all the, I forget the name of the, whatever the generation after millennials is called, but, um, they're gonna look at all those movies and be like, "This is hilarious. This is, this is funny." Even my love that I proclaimed for the Blair Witch Project, they probably look at that dude. That that is absolute trash. So it makes sense to have these movies, but I just I'm just curious on, on what you think and what everybody else is thinking as far as like what, what when I ask you that when you're listening to this right now and you say and, and and somebody asks you what are the top ten scariest movies? What are the top three that come to mind for you? What are they? Do three come to your mind right away? Do you have to really think, dig in deep? You know, I always talked about how Hereditary is up there for me. You know, that's probably that probably is a top three for me right off the bat. I love Blair Witch to death. That's probably a top three too, honestly. But you, how hard is it to pull those together for you? I don't know. Everybody's different. Let's see. Let's start. What do you what do you say we go from from fifteen to one? Okay, we'll go from the fifteenth down to the one, which means the 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 out of this study has shown that this number one movie is the, according to their study, which is Broadband Choices. I don't know who who that is or what group that is. That could be just regular people. I have no idea. 
they are saying is the scariest movie. According to average heart rate throughout the movie. You're, so what they're tracking is you're resting beats per minute. You're the movie beats per minute. The difference between the two and the highest spike, which is the highest jump scare BPM. So this isn't probably going to get all kinds of movies because, you know, if you don't have a lot of jump scares, you know, there's certain movies like The Witch. It's very straightforward. I don't even know if that's on this list, to be honest with you. It should be, though. It is. It's number 22, actually. So I don't know. It seems like this study is pretty accurate, man. I, I, w- I would check this out. It's uh, Nerdist.com. Scientific study has determined that the scariest movie ever, by the way, by Eric Diaz. Shout out to you, dude. Okay, so 15 to 1. Here we go. Uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't know which one that is. There's a million of those. I, 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 I would like to think that it might be the newest one with... Ooh, that's not the newest one. Maybe the second newest one with Jessica Biel. I don't know. I kind of like that one, but it's really not that good of a movie to be honest with you it's it is what it is i don't know which one that is uh number 14 is halloween i'm a guess i'm guessing the original the original has another one you gotta whoever did the study whoever wrote, like you, you kind of have to specify there's multiple variations and uh iterations of that movie it's literally one of the most iconic movies of all time i'm assuming that that's the original which to be honest with you 14th of all i don't know it's tough number 13 a nightmare on elm street again i'm I don't know if this is a remake. I don't know if this is number one. I'm going to assume that's number one. And I got to be honest with you. I don't think that I would put, even though it's only one spot ahead, I don't think I would put that above Halloween. And the 13th of all time, I don't know. I, we, I had this talk with uh, the Going Off Topic crew, uh, Foshane and his wife, Ellen, but I just, not the biggest Freddy guy, personally. Whatever. Number 12, A Quiet Place. This was cool to see this on here. This is a movie you don't ever hear about or read about in the blogs or anything like that as far as horror goes. And I loved A Quiet Place. That is a, that is a great movie. I would definitely go watch that. Number 11, The Ring. Wow. That's classic. I do remember when I was younger and that first came out. I'm not going to lie. That, that movie messed with me. I, I, I've watched them. They actually made a new ring. It's not the worst. It's not, it's not the worst. And I, I feel like the first one's probably still good. I, I might go watch that again. That's interesting. Number 10 is The Visit. M. Night Shyamalan, The Visit. I, they're playing it on TV right now. You should go check that out. That's good. It, 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 it's, it's like a low-key, sneaky good. Sneaky good. It, it, not the best movie, but it's solid. Number 9, The Descent. Ooh, okay. This is an interesting subgenre that I am not a huge fan of, but that movie was good. I think it might be still on Netflix, actually. Um, basically, Dark Scary Caves with, you know, it's kind of a creature feature in a way. Check that one out. It's good. Number eight, The Babadook. Anybody who likes horror knows about The Babadook. That's a good movie. And I, I know I pronounce that kind of weird, but um, you, you got to show love for The Babadook, man. It's just good. Check that out. Uh, number seven, The Conjuring 2. Wow. Top seven. Top 10 movie is not The Conjuring 1, but 2. That That's interesting to me. That's interesting to me. I, I, I love, love, love The Conjuring movies. I've already said that I love the expanded universe, but these movies are great. So that doesn't blow me away. Number six is It Follows. That's actually, hey, we, we I, I shouted that out earlier. We were watching that. that. That's a good one. I'm telling you. Go watch that. Number six. Number five, the original, the OG Paranormal Activity. I can't agree more. I love that movie, Paranormal Activity. That's another classic. I, you know, um, Blair Witch changed the game. Paranormal Activity really changed the game too. But they wouldn't have been able to do what they did without Blair Witch. I mean, Blair Witch is the O-O-O-G trendsetter there. But man, do I love, I love all the Paranormal Activity movies, but number one, whew, it's a classic. That is a classic. Number four, Hereditary, of course. 
Should it be number two? Probably. Number one even? Yeah. Maybe. But four? That's solid. Number three, The Conjuring 1. Well, look at that. Top 10, they got The Conjuring 1, Conjuring 2. Do you, have you, if you haven't seen them yet, did, did you just realize what the next series you're going to watch? You're going to watch all The Conjuring. All of them. All of the Annabelles afterwards and The Nun. You'll, you'll thank me later. It's, it's good stuff. Number two. I cannot disagree with this more. I'm sorry. I, I was really feeling this study until this right here. Number two is Insidious. I can't tell you. I love, um, I, I can't pronounce, I always forget if he pronounces his name Juan, James Juan, Juan, Juan. I can't remember. He's a great director. I love him. He has done a, a huge for the horror community, but I'm sorry, man. I cannot do Insidious. I can't do it. I actually watched it two days ago. Again, just, just to try and pull myself around the corner and say, you know what? Hey, listen, you didn't like Breaking Bad the first time you watched it, but then you watched it again and, and, and you, you loved it. You know, you didn't like The Sopranos the first time you watched it and you still trying again. You're still not really loving The Sopranos, but maybe you'll come around again. You know, that's kind of mentality I had. I can't do it with Insidious. I've seen that like five times and people love that movie. They love that, that movie. They, they have made like five of them, I think, four of them, spinoffs, all kinds of stuff. It's just not that good. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. I just can't. It's just not good. It's not scary. And it sure as hell can't be number two. Are you telling me that Insidious is more, is scarier on average than The Conjuring? Than Hereditary? L listen to these, listen to these movies that I just named. The Conjuring, Hereditary, Paranormal Activity, It Follows, Conjuring 2, Babadook, The Descent, The Visit, The Ring, Quiet Place, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw. There's some all-time iconic Hall of Famers there. And Insidious is number two above all of them? Oh, man. I might have to write whoever did this study. That one's tough. I'm not going to lie. Okay, uh, number one. So what does that leave? I mean, there's still a lot of horror movies out there. Could you guess? If you haven't guessed yet, can you guess what number one is now? I'm not going to lie. If you put me up, for a, a top 15 study of all time. I don't think this would be up there. But I'm not saying it wouldn't make my top 15. I personally really, really love this movie. And I'm not saying this just because it's number one. Because I'm looking at this. This is low-key one of my favorite things. Because I, for the first time I saw this movie, I loved the sound design. The sound design of this movie. If you, if you care about any of the nerdy things when it comes to making a movie... And you're somebody like me who, when it comes to horror movies specifically, you really get deeper into the sound aspect of it, not the score. That's great, too. Not gonna lie. But the sound design, this movie gets you some good speakers, gets you some surround sound. You will be impressed by this, I promise. Um, and the first movie is Sinister. That's number one. Sinister with Ethan Hawke. Dude, would, would you expect an Ethan Hawke horror, horror movie to be the most on average, scary movie ever? I don't know. I don't know if I would, but I got to tell you, he's great in this movie. He does a lot of acting in it. And I just love the movie. I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was an original script. I don't know if this was based off of something else. I really don't know much background to the movie, but I loved it. It came back, it came out in 2012, I think. And I remember seeing it in theaters. And that was one of the few movies I walked in out of theaters was like, wow. It was like, I remember telling people back in 2012 that that was one of the best horror movies I've seen in a recent years, like a long time. I don't say that a lot. So, 
if there's any if there's anything to recommend here, there's definitely some good ones in this top ten. But Sinister, I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, I feel like this study is enough for you to go check it out. So that's another one. I don't know if they are playing that one on TV or not, but I think you can find it on the streaming services. It should be everywhere. It, it's good. It's really good. Sinister Two, however, you could you can you can pass off on that one. That, that you're not going to be missing the world if you don't check that one out. Believe me. Okay. All right. Wow. Lots of uh, questions, lots of movie recommendations, lots of all kinds of stuff there as far as the check-in goes. A little bit longer than I wanted, so I apologize for that. But don't worry. The second half of the podcast will be uh, shorter. We're, the weekly weirdness will kind of zoom through like we usually do. And like I said, the theory is simple. First, though, before we get to the weekly weirdness, let's let's hear a little bit from the Go Off Topic podcast and say what up. To, actually, you know what? Let's keep rolling, man. I think I'm going to do... Maybe I'll do this with the Offended Pod 2. Instead of playing the, the ad spots like we usually do, I'm just going to keep... Since it's just me, and I've already been talking for this long, which is... I know it's probably killing everybody out there. I'm just going to keep rolling. So, let me... I, I, I'm, I'll do my own mini ad spot. How about that? Why check out the Going Off Topic podcast? Well, why not? I mean... These are all the theoretical conversations and angles of pop culture. You know, it's not a normal pop culture podcast. It's, it is a pop culture podcast, but with its own spin, its own angle, its own mind, its own heart. You know what I mean? Um, some crazy things, some weird things, some great things, some um, things that you probably thought about before, some things that you probably haven't thought about before. And I think Foshay does a great job of kind of bringing those all to light. I mean, just the latest episode with um, oh, the spooky character deathmatch. This is we've done different deathmatches. Um, you know, kind of a battle royale situation between you know who would win. Um, different actor, parallel universes. What if? What if? You know, how many conversations have you had with one actor who's in another role and, and what their career would look like depending on the moves and decisions that they've made? You know, games we play, pop culture games like the movie game. I think we might actually, you know, surprise, surprise, might have another one coming up soon. Um, all kinds of stuff that all revolve around and basically funnel up to the pop culture and the media that we are consuming and intaking on a daily basis. And why wouldn't you want that? So check them out everywhere that you get your podcast, especially anything but credible.com. It's going off topic podcast with Mr. Kyle Fauche. Okay. Back to some weirdness. Okay, we are back. Let's get into a little bit of weirdness. We're gonna we're gonna keep it very lighthearted, and we're going to keep it very simple and and quick. Okay, first things first. This is not probably the everyone's probably come across this news already, but can we talk about for a second that our food situation is already an interesting. Like you can go down on a bunch of different rabbit holes, but can we talk about this whole thing about Subway for a second and 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 and, and the Irish court ruling that. The, the the bread that Subway uses isn't actually bread. I, I, the, I <laughs> the problem is this is so interesting to me. But the pro the real problem here is that it doesn't blow my mind. That's what's scary. That's the scary part to me. So I'm looking at NPR right now. This came out earlier this month, so it, it's a little bit old. I'm sure you've probably already seen it on Twitter and everything already too. But just real quick, I mean, it, basically the Irish Supreme Court ruled that Subway bread isn't actually bread. Not legally bread. And that is because the bread has too much sugar in it. Um, the country's Value Add Tax Act of 1972 says tax-exempt bread can't have sugar, fat, and bread improver. I don't know what that is. Exceed 2% of the weight of flour. 
In some ways, recipe sugar makes up 10% of the weight of flour, according to the judgment. That's five times the law that they deem acceptable. That kind of makes me want to puke a little bit. Now, listen, I'm not a Subway person. I've never been a Subway person. I will never suggest Subway to people. But if you are, I suppose people think of that as a healthy alternative, right? I mean, I guess it is if you're talking about Big Macs and, and Whoppers and stuff. But really, though? Like, really, though? Ooh, yeah. Uh, let's see. The law distinguishes bread as a staple food from other baked goods that are approached confectionery. Um the Subway's bread, they actually rule that it is closer to cake <laughs> than it is to bread. Oh, God. The resulting product falls outside of definition of bread for the purpose act of the ruling five quarters. Okay. Um, man. So it comes down to like, I think obviously this is coming down to exporting, importing taxes, all kinds of fun stuff that, you know, is a little bit too credible for anything incredible. Uh, podcast. But the idea that the, you're not going to be able to like tax it correctly because it's not actually like it doesn't pass the test that they've laid down the groundwork, the foundation for those taxing categories is terrifying. <laughs> and I think it's that, that quote is, is, is amazing to me that it's actually closer to cake than it is to bread. I mean, man, it, it, does it get more disgusting than that? I, I don't know, man. I just don't know. It is so, it's so wrong. It's like that, that is what, that's the world we're living in today. Um, it is bread. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, we're not saying that you're eating like an angel food cake or anything like that. Or like, a, what's a, what's another one? Like a bun cake or, or something like that. But I don't know. It doesn't seem like very bready bread, if that makes sense. It's not very bready. I'll put it that much. It says, um, reading on a little bit further, it says a six inch Subway bread roll contains three to five grams of sugar, except for gluten-free, which has seven, um, according to Subway. Um, and this doesn't, so Subway's pushing back on this, obviously, but I don't know, man. I just, I'm sorry, Subway. Like I, I can't have your back on this and I, I don't think I ever would. I just, there's no way I'm, I'm, I'm believing you guys on this. I don't know what you're trying to say if it is or isn't or what, but it seems like you gotta, might have to change the little bit of the formula that you're making. Let me go pull back a little bit of that sugar. Why does bread have to have the sugar in it so much? Like a flavored bread? Like, I don't know. Am I, am I out of the, am I, I don't know. Crazy. I, I'm just going to, we're just going to move on. That's all there is to it. That's just disgusting. It kind of grosses me out, to be honest with you. Whatever. Uh, okay. The other thing is, is we've, over the past, uh, who knows how long that we haven't recorded, there have been more extreme lottery winners, which if you have been a fan of this podcast or followed on to any of the previous episodes, you know that that is a special, holds a special place in my heart, but not for positive. I mean, it is. I'm happy for these people, but it makes me, I get very jealous and I get very, um, you know, I used to have like a hate book, not a real one, like a mental hate book. Hate is a strong word. I, I kind of want to take that back, but it's a very strong dislike book. And just because I'm jealous. Like, I, this is luck that my family, myself included, has never had. We're not going to have. We, you know, we, we know that's not going to happen. But I, so I don't know. It makes me seem like a cynical, like sociopath. But I, I'm, I am happy for those people. It is awesome. It's great. And it's, it's a cool story. But. I just selfishly, I just obviously want it to kind of happen to me, to be honest with you. But uh, let's see. The article says from the De from the Detroit Free Press, um, Dearborn Heights man wins $1 million lottery twice on the same day. Says it was an accident. Winning, uh, let's see, a uh, 56-year-old shout out to um, Samir M Mazahim. Sorry if I butchered that. But shout out to you. In June, which is a couple months ago, this is old, bought two tickets online with the same number. 
by accident. He said he saved his most played numbers as favorites on the lottery app. What I didn't realize is that meant I would be buying a second ticket with the same numbers. Once I figured out that I bought two tickets with identical numbers, I was a little bummed out, but I didn't think about it much. Then he, excuse me, logged on to his app. And what do you know? He won two $1 million jackpots waiting for him on the same numbers. This is next level to me. This is like inception level. Weird. Let's talk about glitch in the matrix. I don't even know what this, what would you categorize this as? This person won two in the same day, same jackpot, same game on the same numbers. Okay. That's multi-level, multi-layer luck. I don't even know. I don't, how do you classify that? Is that possible? How is that even possible? Oh, wait. I guess if you win the same jackpot and you have the same numbers, two tickets. Does that, wait, hold on. Now I'm thinking about this. Did this person just win the same jackpot with two tickets and just had the same numbers? Like you, you, you won the jackpot, but you just had two of the same, you know what I mean? Like, or were they at different times? Hold on. I, let me read this real quick. I, I feel like this might've just been a way of wording. That maybe caught me off guard. I'm not sure. Hold on. Um, that is when he saw two $1 million prizes waiting for him. I couldn't believe it was real. I took several days to realize that my stake had paid off in the $2 million. Claim the prize and said he buys a new house. Good for you, dude. I think that's a dude. Um, I'm not sure. Winning is exciting and gives me some comfort knowing that when I retire, I have money in the bank. Yes, I know. Mega Millions drawings take place each Tuesday and Friday. Tickets can be purchased on Michigan Lottery. Okay, so what I'm confused about here, and this, <laughs> this is me again asking questions here. So let me get this right. He, This person, Samir, has two tickets with the same numbers. Then they realize that they have won two jackpots of $1 million. The problem here is I don't know. Is $1 million the, the maximum or is $2 million the maximum? Did you actually win a $2 million jackpot that split between two tickets and you just happen to have the same two tickets? Because if they're on the same day and you're playing the same game, you really didn't win. You won twice because you had two tickets, but you didn't actually hit the jackpot twice, if, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? If that jackpot was run at one on Tuesday and one on Friday, and he bought two tickets with the same numbers and won those, that was what I would consider two jackpots. But if you won the same one day jackpot with the two tickets because you made accidentally two identical tickets, then I don't know if you could say that you actually won the jackpot twice. You did definitely win the jackpot, which is amazing. And I'm not taking that away from you. But I feel like this article might be a little misleading. Or there's not enough information. Or I'm a bad reader. There's a lot of possibilities here. Not going to lie to you. Either way, whatever the outcome is, Samir, we are happy for you here at the ABC pod. And even though I'm jealous and a little bit, you know, I'm going to have send you some hater vibes. I'm also sending a lot of positive vibes because that's pretty awesome. So shout out to you. That, that's pretty amazing. Second thing is Nebraska. Um, this person, um, Michael, shout out to Michael Christensen of Norfolk, Nebraska. He hit the jackpot for the second time this year. See this, these are the, these are the ones that uh, are pretty straightforward for me. I can, my, my brain can understand these ones. Okay. Earlier this month, Christensen won $100,000 after purchasing a 20 times, a 20x money scratch ticket. I don't know what that means. Maybe it's the game. He collected his winnings on October 15th at the Nebraska Lottery's office in Lincoln. It was his second trip from the office because, because later earlier this year, he won $50,000 from a money clip scratch ticket in March. So in March and October, 
He won a total of $150,000 off of two different games, two different scratchers, jackpot, the max for both. Very, very lucky. This is the normal kind of luck that 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 is... It, it's not quite to the other previous levels because in the previous stories, sometimes you win like a million dollars. Like somebody will win a million dollars and then they'll win another million dollars. And my first thought is, you won that million dollars? That's a lot of money. And I know after taxes, it's not a million dollars, but still hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then you're still going to play more. Like, I think you're okay, right? I think you're good. Now, it's easy for me to say because here I am on the hater side of the fence and I haven't won a million dollars off a of scratch off. So I understand that. But this one's not too, too crazy. Like, I feel like if you win a $50,000 scratcher after taxes, what do you get? I don't know, $20,000 maybe? I, I don't, this is, I have no idea. That is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but it's not enough to say to, for me to look at that person and say, hey, Mike, Mike Christensen. Hey, buddy, I think you need to call it quits, man. I think you're good. It's not enough. So I can't blame him for going again. And then on top of that, like extra good for you that you actually ramped it up and it actually is double now. So you won the hundred thousand then the second time, not another 50,000. So, you know, I, I actually don't think that this is crazy. I think there's a normal person w w would do this. The odds of it, though. Very small, very low. Very lucky, so good for you. And here's a, here's the other interesting thing. This is what I this is what I think is always interesting. Two different games, but he purchased them from the same place. Okay, if you're a real diehard scratcher, you usually have your spots. Okay, you might you might not have just one. You might not have two. Might be a five, but but you have a circulation, right? And you kind of know, usually, depending on the game type, scratcher, um, or lotto, whatever it is. You kind of know, like, okay, okay, I'm this scratcher is is this play. Like, it depends on your previous winnings and losings. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. He bought them both at the same place, won two different games, months apart, but both maxes. So Louis Liquor in Norfolk might be the hidden gem. Don't know. Might be ready for a third game. Not sure. Um, let's see the twenty X game that he played the. That won the hundred thousand. It says offers the players a chance to win prizes from a, a free ticket, ten dollars to a hundred thousand. The chances of winning a hundred thousand are one in eighty thousand, according to Nebraska's lottery. So that's pretty good odds. The uh, money clip game, which is the first game he won for fifty grand, are also one in eighty thousand. <laughs> oh. What would be one thing that I would win that if I had one in 80,000 odds that I would win? It'd be something so stupid. I'd win like a like a, an old school wax candle holder or something. You know what I mean? I'd win like a, a money clip that nobody – does people use money clips anymore? I don't think I don't think that people use money clips except for old old dudes. Old white guys probably, I think. I don't know about that. They could be completely wrong. I have no idea. I don't think people would use money clips anymore, but that's what I would win. Actually, yeah, I'm sure people probably do money clips. I have a couple money clips. I have cool ones. Anyway, um, I don't know why that just popped in my head. Okay, enough. I, I think that's all the, the weirdness. Let me see if I got anything else before we get out of here. Oh, one last thing. This is super quick, I promise. Um, a little bit of Halloween weirdness uh, creeping in here, but... Uh, in California, there is a, so some, you know, other people go, some people go so hard for Halloween decorations. They decorate their house and their yard, you know. Um, I know Fauche of the, actually, of the Going Off Topic podcast, they, they do a great job every year. And I'm all for it. I think it's great. Apparently, in California, somebody's Halloween, a family's Halloween decorations are has fire aspect, element, 
to it that is so real that people keep calling 911. Uh, let's see. This is on Huffington Post, and it the article reads, um, the Halloween fire decoration, I guess I have you know fire aspects to it, is so realistic that people keep calling 911. So uh, uh, the article reads, a California home is now the hottest thing in, ho- in Halloween decorating. Um, Carmen and Travis Long's fake house fire in their Pirates of the Caribbean holiday display, which is an interesting one for Halloween, I must I guess that makes sense, is so realistic that people keep calling 911. Uh, firefighters, firefighters who responded to this Riverside residence were so impressed with the fake blaze that they high-fived Travis and told him, great job. Now, hundreds visit the house nightly for the fun of it. Okay, the family has taken to alerting the authorities when they turn on the fire effect. Wow. So, okay, let me, let me just finish reading this and then we'll come back to this. Um, and then people are now people are asking, why are they doing this in California with all the fires that have been happening and are still kind of happening? Right. I think um, that's a good question. Actually, I, I feel like that's but I don't I don't think there's anything, you know, um, I don't think there's a, like a negative impact for it. It's just it's just a part of this whatever. And I don't have a picture that shows what the actual setup is. I think what it's supposed to look like is maybe that their house is on fire. I don't know. It is kind of interesting that timing wise, I don't know if that's probably the greatest thing to be honest with you, but either way, I don't know. I can't see what the, how it's actually set up with the decoration, but what's interesting, first of all, they are, the family's coming from it, from us, from an aspect of, from the side of, well, we're just give people a little joy, a little happiness, which, okay. I feel you, but, Hundreds of people are coming to your house every night to look at this. Man, I don't, I mean, good for you, I guess. I, I don't want to sign up for that, though. That sounds crazy. Having to call the authority, hey, hey, this police station again, hey, just letting you know, you know, 7 8 p.m., just letting you know, we're going to turn on the uh, the Halloween decorations. We're going to flip the switch. Okay. All right, cool. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be off by, by 10 30. Okay. Every night? Oof. I don't know about that, man. That's, <laughs> that seems like a little much. A lot much, to be honest with you. Um, good enough for the fire department to, to say good job. When they came. I wonder how often that ha- has happened. This kind of reminds me of, you know those videos, the viral videos that go viral every year about the people's extreme, crazy... Christmas houses with the lights that are usually synced to music or some kind of movie or play or something. This kind of reminds me of that. I don't remember seeing too many of them for Halloween though. So I think that's kind of cool. But normally people don't go over the top, super over the top for Halloween I feel like. Actually that's a that's a complete lie. People do that all the time. I don't know what I'm thinking. People all the time try to go over the top, try to make their houses seem like mini haunted houses and, and stuff. Um, so that, 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 that was a, a terrible statement. But... I guess people do try to go for the realistic side of things. I mean, I'm thinking in my head, do people really try to make it realistic? I think so. Specifically not the fire though. It's usually not the fire. It's usually it's usually the non-actually threatening things, if that makes sense. Like the skeleton that you have in your yard or the demon or ghosts or things. You know, things that aren't actual real problems like, I don't know, wildfires that are happening over there. So I feel like I could kind of see the other side too where you're kind of like, Would you, did you purposely make that fire super, super, super realistic? Like, are you trying to build off of people's fear 
because they actually think that your house is on fire? Because I kind of feel like that. You know what I mean? Like that might be a little shady. I'm not going to lie to you. If you're just really good at making directions and all of it looks really realistic, everything, okay. But if you're trying to, and you know, obviously this is just me talking aloud, but if you're dry, if you're trying to drive fear from the real, from the realistic point of it, that it's actually happening in the real world, fire and stuff, that it's a little discerning, a little concerning. I don't know. Either way, I thought it was interesting. You know, people call the cops. You got to imagine that. Imagine that. Every time you go to turn on your decorations outside your house, you got to call the cops. And then you got to deal with like 300 people every day. Come by your house. Hey, look at that. Blocking up your street. Probably pissing your neighbors off. Man, their neighbors probably hate them. How mad are their neighbors? Oh, man. I feel like I'm a grumpy neighbor. I feel like I... Yeah. 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 I, I would hate that. I would really, really hate that. I'm not going to lie. I cannot lie to you. Ooh. I got to stop thinking about this. Let's move on to the theory of the week. Before we do that, though... Let's take a second. Let's hear from the offended podcast. Actually, you know what? Let's switch things up. I, it's just me solo. I've been doing a lot of talking. Let, let me explain to you. I, and, and, and I know that the, the offended people are going to be like, what the hell? Because I, I think they sent me a, a newer uh, commercial or ad spot that they, that they ran. But I, I, I'm on a roll today. And I just feel like, why not? You know, let's, let's try and keep pauses to a minimum, in a sense. Let's get to. Uh, let me tell you why the offended podcast. Why you need to check them out, okay? Listen, if you haven't already, you need to go to, to, to check out the offended podcast. You can find them everywhere that you get your podcast, but especially on anythingbutcredible.com. They're, they're the newest addition to the Anything But Credible Network. They're doing a great job. They're they they are they as a whole are always kind of staying in the mix of everything going on. And I think they're great about that. But they also have their own thing. They're unique parts of the show. You know, you you have, they, they do the, the heel of the week, the face of the week, uh, which, you know, for wrestling terms, they are, anytime that they get the full segment of, of, of actual wrestling talk, they're so good at knowledgeable about all that stuff um, with, with Katie, and, you know, Naked Lady and Tricky. And when Stoutsy's in there, it's like real, it's a real combo, real trio of, of just wrestling knowledge. And even for somebody like me who just doesn't even know wrestling at all. I'm in the I'm in the conversation, man, because you can tell that these people go hard for it. You know, they they know what they're talking about. Um, on top of that, you also have uh, all the sports talk, all the pop culture talk that that's just kind of happening, and um, you can't forget about the songs of the week, man. You know that that, that is an idea that I'm actually kind of jealous of. I, I it's one of those ideas that I wish I would have thought of first. I, I I might actually you know steal it from them in, in some way out. I, I won't do that, but I, I would like to. It's really good, you know a great idea, very simple. You know, you kind of talk about top five songs that you're into listening to um and then go and make a spotify playlist of it to go check it out you get in though get in on that you should already be doing that but man i love that idea uh you never know what you're gonna get right some old stuff some new stuff it's whatever you're listening to at the moment and then every once in a while they let me get into the mix and i completely kind of i think destroy what they're going for because i come up with all these weird different um genres and stuff and music wise that I, don't, I don't i don't know you know that they necessarily care about but um i always have a great time doing it let me just tell you real quick side note on the ads like if you're looking for the top what you should be listening to right now i'm just gonna be honest with you this is just personal opinion here is you need to be listening to the new bryson tiller album and that's all there is to it i mean it's really just that simple anniversary that's the name of it 
That's it. That's all you need. Anyway, back to the offended podcast. Then every once in a while, you get some games thrown into the mix. It's really, you know, you get a little bit of everything. It's just that simple. That's why they're great. Tricky, Stoutsy, Katie Naked Lady. They're doing a great job. Go check them out. Like I said, everywhere that you can get your podcast, especially on anything but credible. Okay, what do you say? We wrap up with a quick theory of the week. Let me get out of here. Okay. Let's see. What do we have this week? Like I said in the very intro of this episode, I usually keep, when you say, when I am tasked with the theory, they're usually pretty simple. But I kind of like the simple ones. I think they're funny. You know, you can spawn a lot of conversation. Obviously, this conversation can only go so far because it's just me ranting and, and riffing. But you know, who knows? It's the, I'm going again off of this article that we have been that I have been over the past few episodes. Honestly, been going off of. I love it. You know, listen. The best places to find conspiracy theory stuff, whether how deep you want to go or or how shallow, you know. If you're trying to really dig into something really, really complex or you're going to be somebody like me who wants something super stupid and simple, Reddit's the best place, right? There's just no doubt about it. You get you get all or nothing. I mean, I'm sorry. You get all of it across the board. You get anything that you want. You just kind of have to look for it a certain way. That's the part that I don't really like. So what I like to do is I'm, I'm lazy and I like to find the aggregate articles and blogs that, that basically you, you, you find a topic that has a lot of threads like conspiracy theories, and then you just find a blogger or somebody who aggregates them all together on their website and says, here's a list of, you know, like this article is um, conspiracy, the craziest conspiracy theories that people are, are, are sharing on on Reddit or the dumbest ones or the funniest ones. Or, and so you basically don't have to do all this super digging and you can just look at it at a very high level, which is kind of how I roll. So yet again, we're taking this um, from this article and I just thought this one was so funny. It connected with me on a, on a lot of levels. This is from the user Future Blackmail. Mm, good for you. Okay, so the theory today is this. Every so often, big sock companies make subtle changes to their design so that when you buy new socks, they'll never match your old ones. Think about that for a minute. Now, I know... Right off the bat, you're probably like, what? Really? Yes. Really. This is something that I am very serious about. (laughs) And I really do mean this because I weirdly love socks. Like, you remember when Robert Griffin III was coming into the league and everybody, everybody was doing all these articles on how he wears crazy socks and stuff. I don't know if I like the crazy socks that have like things hanging from them and stuff, but I do love some wild socks. And what I mean by that is stylistic socks. You know, everybody likes cool socks, but if I put on a pair of jeans and like some, some boots or, you know, some, some chuckas or something, I'm not just going to wear regular socks. I'm going to wear some funky socks, some cool ones, crazy stripes, crazy colors, crazy designs, polka dots, things. Not so much for the things that have like pictures on them of like animals and, and stuff, but I'm not against it. You know, I'm open. I'm a, I'm a big sock guy. You know, and um, as far as accessories go, I, I've I've been known to kind of indulge in the accessories, but not all. Socks though is one where I've kind of made my name a little bit around here, and I probably have too many. 
But the thing with those kinds of socks is that they're all different, right? That's what I'm going for. They're unique. They're out there, okay? But what about the generic socks? What about the athletic socks? What about the regular everyday socks? What I mean is, let, let's, let's, let's focus on the big brands, okay? Just Nike, Adidas, I don't know, Under Armour, New Balance, whatever these, whoever's making socks, I don't know. Let's focus on Nike. And, uh, Nike has, Nike's a good example because Nike has, has one sock, the, the white, I don't know, I, I guess it's a crew sock, the one that goes right up to, right at the bottom of your calf, the all white, the most simple sock in the world, it's all white with a black check mark on the very top of the, I don't even know what the, the part of the sock that you roll up that, that touches your, your upper, your, your, your lower calf, basically. Not a whole lot to that sock, right? Pretty much been the same forever, but every once in a while, they will do a variation of that sock, okay? And I cannot tell you how many times that I have bought packages of what I think to be the most simple athletic sock in the world to open them up to realize that it's actually a different kind of that same variation of that sock. Sometimes they will do a variation and put something different on the heel, something on the toes part, something in the middle part, something where the bridge of the, your arch of your foot, you know, and then they put things on there a lot on the packaging and things that you don't really notice until you open them up. And then you, you find all these things that say, oh, we did this because it's performance, f better performance. Or uh, more breathable, or uh, you know, doesn't lose its white color in the wash, or something dumb like that. Even though that's, I know that's an absurd comment to make. Doesn't hold sweat uh, as much. Odor resistant. Mm, you know, all these things that actually, when you have your shoe on, they might not look the same because I feel like the top part, like outside of the top of your your ankle up on these on these. Specifically, these crewnecks um, are always say the same, but it's always the, the the bottom foot part. Like, and I know that doesn't seem crazy, but it does whenever you catch yourself in an awkward situation situation when you take your shoes off, because then all of a sudden you're like, ah, shit, and I'm wearing. I, I technically I'm wearing two different socks, and people can tell that, and it's weird. It is, and some people don't care. But I think a lot of people do. And I think that's a side, the second part of this that I want to talk about, like why we care about that. But it is a weird feeling. And I just, it just happened to me the other day when I was walking into a house. I, I, I took my shoes off and I was clearly wearing two socks. And immediately I became the dumbest person in the room. I was like, yeah. And I felt the urge to openly communicate that, to get ahead of it. Right. So I took my shoes off and then I found myself immediately to the people in the room and be like, eh. I sorry. I got. I'm just gonna let you guys know. I got two different socks on. Like, uh, it's been a weird day. I was like, oh, okay, okay. But if I didn't say that, do you think people would say, "The hell is this guy doing? <laughs> He's got two different socks on." Here's the here's the other weirder part. Okay, the socks that I was wearing were two very different socks. They're like one was black, one was all gray. All right. But if they were both these white socks, these white Nike socks that I'm talking about, and the only difference was maybe, like I said, maybe the, maybe the the stitch pattern was different on the part of the arch of your foot compared to the two, then I feel like it's a deeper worry, a deeper concern. Because then me in that room, like if somebody else, if this situation happened to somebody else and I was sitting across from them, I feel like my first thought would say would be, 
do you think that that person knew that those knows that those socks are different? Do you think that they put them on thinking that they were the same when really they're different and they're very different? Not very different, I should say. It's not the end of the world that this person is wearing uh, two white socks with different stitch patterns. But it's very clear to me that they're not the same. So it's like, do you, should I be concerned? Like, do you think, you think they know that? I don't know. I just wouldn't want anybody to think that about me. You know what I mean? And so I do think that, <laughs> I got, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go in right, right here on my percentages. I'm 100% on this. I think that this is an easy tactic, just like some of the other things that we've talked about from a marketing standpoint from a just mass production standpoint it makes sense if you switch little subtle things up like the stitching the patterns the all these air quotes um enhancements to the socks you're never going to have the same socks okay and then if you're somebody like me who has a bunch of socks and then like a lot of socks and then mysteriously always figures out a way to lose one of them in the wash and through laundry then when you finally get all of them washed up together, like I just did this past weekend, I did a mass sock washing. It's kind of hard to match them up. It really is because you end up losing one here and there, one's under the couch or whatever the case may be, but they're not quite the same. So then what do you do? And I guess it comes back to if you care or not. If you care about rocking the two socks, the different socks, or not. For some reason, I'm somebody who kind of does. Most of the time. Don't get me wrong. I definitely have my days where I don't care. but. It's not too often that I run out of socks, you know, but many times I've had to buy different whole packages because of this. And the sock example that I used with the white classic crew, I think it's a crew. That's a, that's a shirt thing though, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know what the sock sizes are, but the, the white Nike one, this can be applied to everything. Your ankle socks, your knee highs, your soccer socks, your dress socks, your whatever it is. I actually have a conspiracy for dress socks that I think they literally do the same thing, but with different, slightly different hues, colors, and that throws me off. Like, I hate, I cannot, here's one of my biggest things, okay? Like, black socks that are different, slightly different shades of black. Nah, man. Nope. It'll drive me crazy, okay? I think they do that with, with white, too, to be honest with you. I don't think it's necessarily always stitch pattern. I think it could be a color thing, too. I think they're trying to be slick. I really do. But if there's one thing that you can slide by, I think, on different stitch patterns, I don't know if you can slide by on different colors, even if they're slightly colored. And I, this is coming from a slightly colored blind person, I will admit this, but you can tell when somebody's wearing like a new black sock and a very old, worn, washed, dried black sock, if that makes any sense. This whole conversation is interesting to me because Growing up a million years ago when I was in high school, white socks were, were stupid. Nobody wore white socks. Nobody. If you were going to wear black athletic socks, preferably let's stick with the Nike ones, even though it can be applied to every sports brand. You're going to wear these Nike athletic socks. You're wearing the black ones, the all black with the white check mark. Okay. Even ankle socks. You're going out for the night. You're wearing black ankle socks. doesn't matter what shoe color you were wearing, what kind of shoe. You're wearing black. Especially for a basketball guy who, you know, always wears socks with sandals. Always black socks with sandals. Even I used to have, I used to have bright white Jordan sandals, black socks all the time. And now I don't know what the trend, I don't know when the trend switched because I'm, I'm old. I'll be honest with you. But now it's all white. It's all white socks. Even, even, even the, the ankle socks and stuff, which I don't even know if people wear ankle socks anymore. I think ankle socks might've just 
that that might now just be automatically categorized as as dad category. I'm not sure, but everything's white now, and the whites are harder to pick up on different washing colors and stuff. If that makes sense, than the black ones. The black ones are, are pretty clear, especially if you've had them for a long time, like me. But all of this is interesting because. Just like other theories that we've had, like with the light bulb theory, and you know, there's been a other a bunch of other ones like chapstick theory. Some of these theories on these products are if they work. Like the chapstick idea is, you know, does it actually even work? Like, the, is is it just placebo? Does it do anything at all? That's gonna keep people to buy your thing because if it doesn't really work that well, <laughs> and you think it does, you're gonna keep buying it, right? The light bulb theory is a little bit slightly different too, where it's like you're just gonna change the wattage and not really know. Like I wouldn't know the difference between a 40 watt and a 60 watt. So if you make your light bulbs for 16, but and they're actually 40, you know, I'm I'm still gonna buy them. I don't know, and they're gonna burn out shorter, and I'm gonna need more. It's a necessity. I got you. Uh, sock. You kind of need socks, right? You don't need certain types of socks, but everybody needs socks. And I feel like for the most part, I would say most humans have some form of athletic socks, maybe not Nike specifically, but some kind. And so if you're a brand and you're mass producing, sure, your socks will always be great, right? Like Nike, you'll be fine. But you always got to switch it up a little bit. You got to get people to keep buying. Like you don't want to lose people to New Balance or Under Armour or Adidas. You know what I mean? How do you do that? You make slight changes sometimes that we know like enhancements like i was talking about breathable enhancements and stuff sometimes that we don't know until you get caught until you get caught with your shoes off and now you've become the mismatched sock idiot you don't want that man i've been there it's not a good feeling it's happened to me a lot actually now i think about it some people out there probably thinking this is crazy okay this doesn't make any sense Maybe, but I would ask, how much attention are you paying to your socks? How often are you taking your shoes off, like in public? And in your past experiences, have you ever got caught in any situations, like embarrassing sock situations? I feel like those are all factors that might play into this. So maybe I'm, I'm a little oversensitive because of those things. But... I don't know, man. I think it makes sense. I, I think it, I think it makes sense. I this, it doesn't blow me away. I'm 100 percent in all the way. It's a it's a could be a possible scandal that we don't even know about. You know what I mean? It's one of those things flies under the radar. Radar. Nobody knows except for those top secret Nike agents that are in those huge board meetings that nobody knows about, and they're saying, "Okay, how do we manipulate our audience to buy more without even knowing it?" Those things, those conversations definitely happen. Socks are no different, man. Don't let them off the hook. Watch out for the big socks, all right? Big sock. They want you. They're going to get you one way or another, but not if you can outsmart them, okay? 100%. They're changing them up for you, all right? What do you think out there? Let me know. Hit me up, anythingbutcredible.com or anythingbutcredible at gmail.com. I don't have a name. What, what should we name this one? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll figure something out. Some big socks. Big socks. They're changing it. Changing it up. Changing it up. Okay. Listen, everybody, thank you so much. We appreciate I appreciate you checking back in. We had a lot of talking, a lot of things covered. Um, but 
I hope you guys had a good time. I, I think I did. Um, and, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll do it again. Let me know what you thought. If you hated this, if it was good or it was bad, like we want all the input. Hit us up on the socials or the the website, everything that I've already kind of mentioned. You can find us everywhere that you get your podcast, but um, don't forget about anythingbutcredible.com. Don't forget about podcastmo.com, podcastmo.com. You can find all of us and the Anything But Credible Network shows there too. I mean, we, we got all the hookups for all that. 185 is up next. That's a special episode. Don't know what that's going to be yet. Still working on that, but it's going to be something cool. So hope everybody out there has a very great, a very safe Halloween. I don't know how it's going to go with COVID. It's going to be interesting. Maybe not handing out candy. Probably not the best thing. If you're going to set out candy, might want to take a look at it. Oh, let's do my shout outs real quick. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't shout anybody out. Um, Okay, real quick, shout-outs. Shout-out to uh, Asheville, North Carolina. You guys, we're, we're all great. Appreciate you. Somebody actually asked me at a store in Asheville, Car uh, North Carolina, um, said, saw, saw our license from Missouri, and said, oh, you're from Missouri? Yeah. She said, y'all have fun over there? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you classify that as fun. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It's a, it's a, a takeaway from the trip for sure somebody asked me if, 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 if we have fun in missouri i guess so right I don't know. um shout out to Asheville and shout out to everyone who was going to be having a safe halloween like i was just gonna get into right there best judgment but maybe not directly interacting with candy exchanges and jokes this year is a great thing i don't know sure also um let's see before you know it it's gonna be time election time so shout out to all my voters um vote 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 make sure to vote okay now let's get out of here um i did my beginning part of uh where you can find us and you can find we mentioned the going off topic podcast the offended podcast hopefully we'll, we're gonna do more with them either way so you're here you'll hear them on here again but can't say how much we appreciate you guys checking in with all of us and uh you know staying patient you know, we, we, we appreciate everything. Have a safe Halloween. Make sure if we don't talk to you before then that you're out there voting. And, uh, man, just be safe in general. We'll catch you next time. Thanks. Right, 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 right now.